Well, you guys are so sweet. Thank you so much. Very sorry for Ethan and his family and just uh, the you know tragic loss of his dad, but I'm so glad that Pastor Robert and the family were able to go and be with them. Uh, I'm excited about this weekend and everything that's happening and the, the First Fruits offering. Karen and I, we have our commitment here, our Heart for the Kingdom commitment, as well as our check, and so I'm going to bring this message. And at the end of the message, we'll have an opportunity. And as Pastor Robert said, you don't have to feel pressured, but uh, if you're watching online and all the campuses are watching this, but you'll have an opportunity to give not only a commitment for the Heart for the Kingdom, but also a first fruits offering. And just you can be thinking about that. I know that you've gotten a card as you came in today. So if you'll just be thinking about maybe as I'm uh, preaching and speaking, maybe the Lord will be speaking to your heart and you guys can begin to, to prepare your gift here. Now, this message is called The Secret of the Double Portion Blessing. And I want to talk to you about living. How many of you would like to live in a double portion blessing? Anybody? I, I do. I'm telling you, that's kind of a no-brainer there. I want to talk to you about your right as a child of God to live in a double portion blessing. We're defrauded of so much that Jesus died to give us simply because we don't know about it. We don't, we don't understand it. But once we understand all that Jesus did for us on the cross through his life, death, and resurrection, we understand we're rich. I mean, we, we have been given incredible blessings through Jesus Christ, and one of those blessings is the double portion blessing. Now, this is Deuteronomy 21, this is the first scripture now I'll read. This is the Old Testament, and it says, If a man has two wives, one loved and the other unloved, and they have borne him children, both the loved and the unloved, and if the firstborn son is of her who is unloved, then it shall be on the day he bequeaths his possessions to his sons that he must not bestow firstborn status on the son of the loved wife in preference to the son of the unloved, the true firstborn. But he shall acknowledge the son of the unloved wife as the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he has. For he is the beginning of his strength. The right of the firstborn is his. Now, first of all, I mean to say God's talking here about if you have two wives. It's just always a bad idea. <laughs> and I just want to go on record right now saying, because one of them is going to be more loved than the other and you have drama. If you look in the Bible... Anytime you find bigamy or polygamy, you just have super, super big drama. So here's a lot of drama here. So the principle is this. The firstborn son belonged to God. And the firstborn son was given twice as much of the father's possessions as any other son or any other child. But with that double portion blessing came the responsibility of taking care of the family. The reason, this was not preference. The the firstborn did not receive a double portion because he was more loved or preferred. A responsibility came with that to be the father's representative and ultimately his replacement. The firstborn son, when he received the double portion, he knew, I'm the dad. If there's a need in this family, I'm responsible for meeting this need. So the blessing was great. You received a double portion. Now, remember, Jesus is a firstborn the firstborn, the only begotten of the Father. Here's what the Bible says about Jesus. Romans 8, whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's Romans 8, Colossians 1. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in the heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. 
All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. And so Jesus came as the Father's representative with the blessing, the double portion blessing of the firstborn to take care of God's family. That is what the double portion blessing is for. And Jesus was the ultimate example of someone sacrificially coming and taking care of God's family. But here's the good news I want to give you. And that is in Jesus, every person in the body of Christ is a firstborn. Men and women. Listen, in Christ, there's neither male nor female, right? So we, when you're talking about the kingdom, you have to get past the gender that you are right now. In, in Christ, there's neither male nor female. For example, as men, we have to deal with the fact that we're the bride of Christ. And that's a challenge. That really is a challenge for us. Okay. As women, you have to deal with the fact that you're sons of God. Okay, so here's Hebrews 12. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels and to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. So it says you've come now to this encampment, and it says there are angels here, God is here, but it's also the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. You say, well, Jimmy, firstborn there refers to Jesus. No, it doesn't. Because the firstborn males of Israel were registered. When a firstborn male was born, it was written down, it was recorded and registered that that firstborn had been, uh, had been born and that he had the, the right of the firstborn. Listen, let me tell you something. You need to know this. On the day that you were born again, your name was registered in heaven as a firstborn son of God. Did you know that? Men and, men and women, in Christ there's neither male nor female, we all have 100% of the blessing. You have the right of the firstborn upon your life right now. You can walk in a greater blessing and a greater anointing than you've ever walked in before if you simply understand who you are in God. We are the general assembly of the church of the firstborn and our names have been registered in heaven. Okay. So this is, I wanna to talk to you about how to receive the double portion Anointing. Let me ask you again, now how many of you want the double portion? Anybody want the double portion here? Okay, I want the double portion. Okay. Matthew 14, I want to talk to you about this because once you see this, you can't unsee it. It's just with you from that point forward. And it's very simple, very, very simple. Matthew 14, this is the double portion anointing. When Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion. Everything Jesus did, he did because he felt compassion. We have a loving Savior. He healed their sick. While it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place. The hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass and he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up the 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men. 
besides women and children. So they had very large families back then. You're talking about somewhere between 25 and 35,000 people who ate five loaves and two fish. And after they ate the five loaves and two fish, they had 12 uh, baskets, large baskets of fragments that they picked up. So think about that for just a minute. Jesus blessed and broke the five loaves and two fish, fed 30,000 people, and every disciple ended up with their own basket. So Jesus turned to the disciples. The disciples said, Lord, it's late. There's, there's no food around here. You, you, you need to let the people go so they can get something to eat. And Jesus turned and said, no, you're going to give them something to eat. Now, listen to what I'm saying now. Until we take responsibility for the people that God loves, we're not going to live in the blessing of the double portion. Before the double portion blessing falls upon us, the spirit of the firstborn has to be in us. And the firstborn takes responsibility for the family. That's the reason for the double portion. So Jesus goes at, right after this story, Jesus exposes the problem of why people don't walk in the spirit of the firstborn. This is Matthew 16. This is right after this miracle. Now, When his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus being aware of it said to them, oh, you have little faith. Why have you uh, reasoned among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up, nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? How is it that you don't understand that I, I don't speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You say, well, what, well wait, wait, wait. Well, what is the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees? Matthew 23, woe to you, Jesus is rebuking them. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You shut up the kingdom of heaven against from men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive the greater condemnation. Selfishness, selfishness. That is the, that is the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These were people who used their position to fleece the flock. These were people who didn't care about the people. Remember, Jesus was filled with compassion. They were filled with greed. Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. And these are, these are people now that when they look at other people, they don't see people in need. They see people that can meet their need. The people are for us. Let me, let me go back to the beginning of Gateway Church. Gateway Church started at David's Steakhouse in Amarillo. And Pastor Robert and Debbie and Karen and I were out eating. And we entered into a covenant relationship that night with a handshake between Pastor Robert and me to start Gateway Church. I am so proud of Robert Morris. He is my dear friend. He's one of the best, best pastors on the planet. And what I love about he has been speaking now for the last weeks about how we need to go witness to the lost. You know that? You know what that means about him? He cares about people. Gateway Church, I have never seen a church do more for people than this church. When, when you see Gateway Church, we're all about people. We're all about lost people. We're all about hurting people. We're all about disadvantaged people. 
We're all about helping people to receive Christ, to receive deliverance, to receive freedom. Everything we do is about people. I've never met a person that walked in the spirit of the firstborn more than Pastor Robert Morris. And I'm so thankful. He's my pastor. I'm so thankful. We had anybody thankful for Robert Morris as our pastor? The elders of the church. I was in an elders meeting this week. We have the best elders in this church. They're, they're so, they're, they have a heart for God, but a heart for people. And, and I know that many of you can't know them personally. I know them. They're my friends. And I'm saying, I'm proud of this church with a godly pride. I'm proud of our staff. I'm proud of you. Because every time we have an offering, every time you give anything, I'm saying, it just shows your heart. Not just your heart for God, but your heart for people. Now, I'm on staff here, and I am the, the lead apostolic senior pastor here. And my, my role is I oversee all of the outreach ministries of Gateway Church, and I, I don't have enough time to tell you everything that we're doing. It's absolutely phenomenal. The amount of not just money, but the amount of compassion that is poured out of this church. It's not just what happens in every campus on the weekends, which is very, very, very important and meaningful. It's the world is being touched because of you. It begins with Pastor Robert's vision. It begins also with the elders and their heart, and the staff, but it, it's you every time you give. And I'm saying churches that are dying, did you know that only 20% of churches in America are growing? 80% of churches are either plateaued or declining. Did you know that the average church only gives 3% of their money away from the church? And that's not good. That's not the spirit of the firstborn. The spirit of the firstborn says we're going to take care of somebody other than ourselves. We're not just going to help the people in right here. We're going to help the people all over that are hurting. I'm going to say something about America. With, with all of our issues in America, we're the greatest nation in the world. And one of the reasons that we're the greatest nation in the world is there's never been a country as generous as us. When there's a problem anywhere in the world, guess who shows up? The firstborn. With all of our problems, there's, there's a lot of good things about America. One is we stand with Israel. And the other is, we help everybody. Sometimes you say, we shouldn't help those people. But if we make a mistake, we make it on the side of generosity. And I'm proud of our nation. It's no accident when you see someone blessed. God took the blessing when Jesus cursed the fig tree. If you remember that story, he was cursing the old religious system that took from people. It didn't care about their hurts. It cared about what was in their pocket. It just took advantage of them. Jesus came and started a revolution. It was called the revolution of the firstborn. He had a double portion anointing, and he came with his heart filled to give away, to meet the needs of people. The thing that has to change in us before the blessing of the firstborn comes on us is we just have to make a decision. We're not just going to live for ourselves. We're going to live for other people. Um, Karen, I shared with you our testimony about giving, but we went to, we went to church one week and I, we were in our early twenties. Julie was a little big baby. Julie's 44 and, and we, she was a little big baby. And we went to church one Sunday and I, I grew up poor. Uh, I, I just, I never even thought about giving any money away. I never gave any money away because I just thought 
if you give money away, you're crazy or you're rich. And I'm neither. I may be crazy. I'm not rich. But um, we went to church one Sunday, and it's the first time we visited the church, and the preacher got up and started preaching on giving, giving money to the church. Well, I, I just had an out-of-body experience. I, I, I was miserable. I hated it. I just thought this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I, we left that church. I was disgusted. I was angry, and I thought, buddy, I feel a lot sorrier for me than I do this church. This church has got money, and we're broke. I made $600 a month. We lived in government housing. We were baroque. <laughs> so we got home, and I, I was just, I mean, I was just so put off with that. And Karen walked into the living room. I was sitting in the living room, and she walked in and said, hey, um, I really like that pastor's message today. I said, Karen, really? She said, uh, I would like to give $40 to that church. We had no money. The only way we made it financially was float. You know how you write checks and they don't get there for several days? We never had money. We never had money. We were broke. We, we always lived broke. And I mean, honestly, I was sick. It made me sick at my stomach. I, I was terrified, disgusted all at once. And um, I said, Karen, we don't have money to give. And she said, I'd like to give $40 to the church. And she gave it. Um, you know, I, honestly, I, I felt like if I say no, God strikes me dead. If I say yes, we go broke. So let's go broke. You know, I'm, I'm a reasonable person. And we gave, we gave, she gave, she gave. Now I didn't get, we didn't get any money in the mail. We didn't, none of that stuff happened. The only thing that happened was the next time we got paid, we had money in the bank. Now, that had never happened, never happened. Okay. And um, so then, then she came back the next time we got paid and said, I'd like to give another $40. I said, Karen, we survived your first little stunt. <laughs> I did. That's what We just, we survived the first one. Don't press your luck. <laughs> well, because I have a sweet, godly wife, I woke up one day, and God was blessing us, it, not because of me. It was in spite of me. I could not deny. We were tithing and had extra money. When we started, I made $7,000 a year, and we were broke. As we began to give, something dramatically changed. But it wasn't just giving. It was living for something other than myself. And it, it just changed our lives. So then we started giving to the building fund at the church. I was, the reason we started giving to the building fund at the church is I was the preacher and I was telling everybody to give to the building fund. <laughs> so I had to kind of talk myself. I, pre I preached so good I gave. <laughs> we gave every year um, to the building fund. We'd always pray, you know, about what we were going to give. And about 17 years ago, uh, we, we were taking a, a big building fund offering. And I'm not telling you this to manipulate you. I'm just telling you this, this is our testimony. Um, I was praying one morning and I said, Lord, what do you want us to give? And the Lord said, give everything. And um, Karen came in later and she said, have you prayed about what we're going to give this weekend? I said, yeah. I said, did you pray? She said, yeah. I said, what did the Lord say to you? Because <laughs> you're the big giver. She said, what did the Lord say to you? 
I said, the Lord said, give everything. She said, that's what he said to me. Now, we didn't sell our house or our cars. We took all of our cash in our checking account, all of our savings, and we had some stocks. And we came down the aisle uh, that weekend at the church, and our dream was a house. We wanted to build a house. And we took all the money that we had, uh, and we came down, and we gave that Sunday, uh, right before Thanksgiving, we put a check in the offering, and we gave everything we had except our houses and cars. It was scary and unbelievably phenomenal at the same time. So you say, well, what happened? I'll just give you the bottom line. Two years later, we were living in our dream house debt-free with four times more money in the bank than we gave. If you build God's house, he will build your house. If you take responsibility for God's family, he will take responsibility for your family. The blessing, the double portion blessing is phenomenal, phenomenal. And I look back at those markers in our lives when we were giving, it was life-changing. And sometimes, literally, I'll look back and I shudder when I think, what if I hadn't done it? What What if I hadn't done it? We're so blessed. We're so blessed. Here's the double portion blessing. Jesus said, this is Matthew 14 again. Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven. He blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave the multitude. They all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now, those who had, had eaten were 5,000 men besides women and children. And so why most people don't give is because we don't even have enough for us. But think about this. There were 12 disciples plus Jesus. And there were five loaves and two fish. I'm telling you, you know, 13 men, that's not enough. That's not even a good snack. That's just enough to frustrate you. Well, they're in the middle of nowhere. They don't have any food places around. That's why the disciples said, send them away. And Jesus says, no, you don't need to send them away. You give them something to eat. And they're saying, we don't have enough for us. That, isn't that, that's the way I felt. If I had enough for, when my ship comes in, I'm going to give something away. Your ship is out in the sea waiting for you to take on the responsibility of the firstborn. Then your ship comes in. The disciples said, we don't have enough. Jesus said, all you need to do is give it to me. And as soon as they put the loaves and fish in Jesus' hands, the miracle began. First of all, they gave it to Jesus. Here's what Numbers 8 says. They are wholly given to me from among the children of Israel. I have taken them for myself instead of all who opened the womb, the firstborn of all the children of Israel, for all the firstborn among the children of Israel are mine both man and beast. The miracle of the firstborn blessing begins when we say to God, I belong to you. I'm yours. Everything I, it's not just my money, Lord. I'm yours. Everything I have is yours. The second thing is Jesus needs to bless it and break it. This is, he says, he blessed it and broke it and gave the loaves to the disciple. What do you mean he blessed it? He put the double portion blessing on it. As soon as they took responsibility for the multitude and gave Jesus what they had, he put the double portion blessing on what they had and he broke it. What do you mean he broke it? 
If we're going to live the way that God wants us to live, something has to break over our lives. A spirit of selfishness, a spirit of lack, a spirit of fear, a spirit of poverty, all of that has to break off of our lives. And when you give, it breaks all that off your life. They gave it to Jesus. He blessed it. He broke it. The miracle began. And listen, God was pleased because his family was taken care of. The disciples were pleased because they all got an overwhelming blessing and all the people ate until they were full. When you give, God wins, you win, and the people win. When you don't give, nobody wins. That's the blessing. That's the blessing of giving. I want, if someone would bring out the first basket, I just want to show you an illustration here. We're about to take our offering. This, this is the first basket. Thank you very much. Is, so imagine this is, this is five loaves and two fish right here. These are the fish. These are actually real. I caught these today. And <laughs> so imagine, imagine that there's 13 men, 13 men, and you're going to divide this and these. And Jesus says, no, no, that's enough. With my blessing, it's enough. In fact, with my blessing, it's more than enough. And some of us, been there, I've been there now, would say, I don't have enough. I've never had enough. I've never had enough. I had a spirit of poverty on my life. A spirit of poverty, you just feel like you're never going to get ahead. It's just not enough. Jesus said, if you'll let me bless it and break it, it'll be enough. In fact, it'll be more than enough. Now let's bring the other baskets up, if you would. And let me show you what happened when they gave this to Jesus. Here's what happened with five loaves and two fish. And this is the blessing, the double portion blessing. This is 12 baskets full of fragments of bread and fish. So it's pretty easy math. So there we go. So here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. So let's just kind of reason this through because this is the truth. This is what the Bible says. Would you trade one-thirteenth of this for one of these for yourself? Isn't that a good trade? So, so you say, no, wait a minute. So you're telling me if I give to the Lord, this is going to happen. Okay, I want to read, read Scripture to you. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul is taking an offering for poor people in Jerusalem. The saints in Jerusalem are suffering. He's taking an offering from the Corinthians. So listen, if you think, if you think that the scripture says this, listen to it. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he is dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food Supply and multiply the seed which you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving to us from God. That's what that's saying. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. God's able to make all grace abound to you that you're always ready for every good work. Now, I want to say something, and we're, we're about to 
take her offering close. Listen, it's important to the devil that you live broke. And when there's a need, you can't meet it. He wants you to live in fear and in lack and in selfishness so that you're not thinking about helping somebody else. You're just, you're just out for team you. And that's why you live your life. It's important to God. See, when you have this, there's not enough. When you have this, it's too much. They didn't have refrigeration. You couldn't keep this for two or three weeks. You had a day or two to eat this before it went bad. This is, this is too much for one person to eat. Well, not for me, but for most people. <laughs> I need to give some away. I've got so much I can give without fear. That's the, person of the, that's the reason for the double portion blessing. It's important to God that you have more than enough. And I know that some people, some preachers say you need to be rich. Let me give you the definition of prosperity, having more than enough to do what God's called you to do. The only other alternatives is not enough or just enough. God doesn't want you to have more than, uh, less than enough or just enough. Psalm 23 says, my cup runs over. Why does your cup run over? So you can give somebody else what they need. I live my life like this now. I used to live my life like that. In fear and in lack and selfishness. My wife, thank God for a good wife. We're able to give. I have our gift here and I have our commitment here. This is above our tithe. We are able to give now without fear. Now, some of you here, we're going to take our offering here in just a minute. Some of you here, I'm preaching to the choir. You're all ahead of me. You're, you're blessed. You live in the blessing of the firstborn. And, and you're, you can't wait to give. You're, you came ready. Some of you, this is going to change your life. First of all, it's going to scare you. And then it's going to bless you. And you have an opportunity to let God bless what little you have and break off of it a spirit of lack and poverty and to do a miracle in someone's life and return back to you more than enough. I'm going to pray for you here in just a minute. I want you to prepare all every campus, every service. I want you to begin to prepare your card and your gift if you would. If you're watching online, you can go online right now and give and also uh, turn in your commitment card there. But just here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray for you in just a minute. Uh, we're going to sing a song of worship at every campus and service. We're going to have a song of worship. During that song is an opportunity to come down. Uh, we'll have baskets here on the front, and you can come down and give your card and give your check. If you need a little bit more time, take a little bit more time. Just sit, sit down and continue to write and continue maybe to talk as a couple until you're ready to come down. At the end of the song, listen, I'm going to come up here, and I'm going to pray the blessing of the firstborn over your life. And I'm going to pray a blessing over all of us that God would expand us, that God would multiply us, that God would give us more and he would give us an expanded heart to care for his people because that's what it's all about. Okay, I want to pray for you real quick. Bow your heads. Lord, I bless your people. And many of the people listening to me right now, they, they understand everything I've said and they've experienced it. Some of us, Lord, we... We're just like the disciples. We're, it, it just terrifies us to think about taking the little that we have and giving it away. And Lord, I'm just asking for you to speak. I'm asking for you to speak to every heart. 
And as you have your head bowed right there, I'm saying, I'm not asking you to do anything that God doesn't tell you to do. I don't want you to do it under compulsion. I don't want you to do it under guilt or anything like that. I only want you to do, both in your commitment and your gift, exactly what you feel individually or as a couple, what you feel like the Lord is impressing on your heart. And when we come down here in just a minute and we give these down at the front, we do it as an act of worship. We do it by saying, Lord, I I take the responsibility as a firstborn son of God to care for your family. And I trust you to care for me. I'm going to build your house. And I'm trusting you to build my house. In Jesus' name, amen. I want everybody to stand if you would. If you need a little bit more time, you can continue to prepare there. But as the worship plays, as the worship song uh, plays, you can worship, but also this is the opportunity to come down and put your gift and also your card down here. Whatever you ask, our lives are yours. We gladly lay them in your hands. Set revival free in our surrendering. Come start a fire and let it Crying out to heaven fills the earth. Oh, 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 just one king and just one crown could rule and reign here till. The darkness has bowed down. So hear your people as we pray and humbly seek your face. We seek your face. Whatever you want, whatever you ask, our lives are yours. We glad. Set revival free in our surrendering. Come start a fire and let it burn. We're crying out till heaven fills the earth. Oh, 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 just one love and just one hope to unify this great divide and make us whole a royal priesthood for your fame a people called by your great name by your
There is still plenty of time. If you're coming, you keep coming. There's plenty of time every service, every campus. You can keep coming even during the altar call here in just a minute. There's plenty of time for you to come. And I also want to say, I know many of you, uh, you came and you just weren't prepared to give. But when you go home, go online. You can give and you can fill out your card that way. If you want to receive the double portion blessing of the firstborn, I want you to lift your hands up to the Lord. I want to pray for you. We're your children. We're your firstborn sons. Our names are registered in your book in heaven. On the day that we got saved, you recorded us. This is our birthright, Lord. We're not asking for something that doesn't belong to us. We're claiming what belongs to us. We want the double portion. And we understand that there is a condition that comes with a double portion, and that is we take care of your family. That when we see a need and you tell us to meet that need, that we meet that need, and we're trusting you for blessing. We're trusting you for multiplication in our own finances. But Lord, I speak the blessing of the firstborn over their lives, their family, their health, their finances, their marriage, every area of their lives. I speak the blessing of the firstborn over them. In the name of Jesus, we break a spirit of lack. We break a spirit of poverty. We break a spirit of fear. We break a spirit, every spirit that would keep us from being the people that you called us to be. We break that spirit. We speak a blessing. I speak a blessing over every family. And I speak a blessing over our church family, over Gateway Church. Let us reach more people this year than we've ever reached before. The lost, the hurting, the bound, every person that you want us to reach, to the right, to the left, the north and the south, let us expand. And let us fill the earth with the name of Jesus and the family of God. But I bless these precious people and I speak over them the double portion blessing in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Somebody give the Lord a big hand clap. God bless you.